What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to this week's first episode of the greatest podcast on turf for the week. I'm Anthony. I'm Ryan. And as you guys can tell by the title, we are back with our 2023 fantasy football, about top 15, top 20 tight end rankings. Going to be going through 1 to 15, the 20 ish range. Talk about some sleeper tight ends this year. Talk about the upper echelon guys, positional advantage, all that stuff. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're new. According to the schedule, Next week will be our fantasy football running back rankings, and the week after will be our wide receiver rankings. So please sure to subscribe to the channel so you guys don't miss out on any of that. And before we get into it, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Little Italy Pizzeria, located in Townsend, Delaware. Be sure to come in and check it out. Let them know that the greatest podcast on Turf Century. They will take care of you. Show proof that you're subscribed or that you listen to us. They will hook you up with an additional discount. Um, show proof that you're subscribed, and this guy might... Buy your meal if he's there, maybe. Yep. Flip a coin, maybe. Something like that. We'll see. Something like that. Let's you know, go. It's, it's an additional discount. Tight end one, Travis Kelsey. I don't think there's much to talk about here. Yes, he's 33. Yes, 33-34. And the, the ultimate fall, fall off is coming. However, Travis Kelsey is by far the best tight end in football. And he is with the best quarterback in football. So until the wheels fall off, I'm going to believe in it. And I see no reason why Kelsey isn't the tight end one. However, the next guy could, in theory, catch him, but yeah, I mean, Kelsey's tight end one. There's no talk, really, for Travis Kelsey. You know what you're getting. He's Mahomes' favorite option. The guy produces year in and year out. Catches touchdowns, gets yards, gets the ball a lot. So, I mean, there's really, it's obvious why he's tight end one. There's really no debate on it. Tight end two, a guy who you and I have been very high on since entering the league, won me a championship his rookie year, I'm pretty sure. The year he like popped the fuck off, he won me a championship. And that is Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens. I have him as my tight end, too. Tight end, too. Yeah, I mean, Mark Andrews, he had a down year last year, obviously. And it really wasn't even all that terrible. So he only had 73 catches, 850 yards, and five touchdowns. But, to be fair, where is the games at? What did he play in last year? How many games did he play in last year? Because I know he was hurt. So, duh, 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 duh. Anyways, 2022. 15, 15 games. So, he played almost all the games. But the problem was Lamar Jackson wasn't there. He had Tyler Huntley thrown in the ball. And from the Ravens football I watched, Tyler Huntley was not all that good. <laughs> Thanks. If we're being honest. I mean, year in and year out, Mark Andrews has been consistently one of the best tight ends in football. His rookie year was slow. He only had 50 targets. But after that... Guy's been on a cliff. He didn't even have his worst career year this year, and it was a down year for him. This was his second worst year ever in terms of fantasy, and it really wasn't that bad, but he's getting a healthy Lamar Jackson back. They have they bought in a bunch of wide receivers, Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, and they have J.K. Dobbins coming back. So I think that's going to open up the field for Mark Andrews a lot. Yes, you could argue there's too many mouths to feed, but Mark Andrews has been Lamar's number one guy forever. He's going to stick to him. We saw, not to compare, this is probably a bad comparison, but Tyreek Hill was in Kansas City and him and Mark Andrews both ate. I mean, him and Travis Kelsey both ate and got touches while they were there. So, yes, you could make the argument there is a lot of mouths to feed in Baltimore, but at the end of the day, Mark Andrews is still the number one, Lamar's number one target. It just helps a lot that they now have Zay Flowers and Odell who can spread the field out, some who can take the top off the defense so the defense can't 
fully 100% locking in key on Mark Andrews. So I have Mark Andrews as my tight end too, but I can very well see him giving Kelsey a run for his money this year as tight end one. The next guy we got, and this is a guy that we both had at four. However, when we do the consensus, he ends up being our tight end three, and that's Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Kyle Pitts is a guy who had an off year last season. That is an understatement. Uh, he had 356 total yards. He played 10 games. It was not very good for him at all. However, I do think he bounces back from that this season. His rookie year, he had 1,000 yards, one touchdown. <laughs> that, in theory, should go up. This Falcons team, in theory, should be a lot better. There is a big question mark at quarterback play. However, with Drake London still emerging, B. John Robinson coming in, Kyle Pitts still emerging, in theory, anybody competent can come into this offense with these guys and score points. I think Kyle Pitts bounces back. He is arguably the most athletic tight end in football. Yeah. Him and like Kittle in two different ways. But Kyle Pitts is a guy, he's hard to draft because people have him so high. And it's just, it's hard drafting somebody that's not consistent that, you know, is on a on the Atlanta Falcons in the fourth round. It's hard to do it. I respect anybody that does because Kyle Pitts could work out. If Kyle Pitts does work out, he's could very well win you the league. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it definitely is tough. He is coming off the injury. There is a giant question mark at quarterback. I'll agree. The fourth round where his ADP is is kind of rich for a Kyle Pitts with Desmond Ritter, quarterback, coming off the ACL injury. But it's a high risk but also a really high reward pick. If Desmond Ritter turns out good, and Drake London and B. John help spread this offense around. Young quarterbacks tend to lean on their tight ends a lot when they're not leaning toward the running back. They love the throw to the running back in the tight end. In that case, it helps Kyle Pitts quite a bit because he is going into his third year coming off the injury. And Desmond Ritter is a young quarterback with something to prove. So they have that. And even if Ritter doesn't work out and we see a slow start to the season like we saw with Kyle Pitts last year with Mariota quarterback, Taylor Heineke's the backup, and he showed... I mean, Logan Thomas, I feel like, had some good games back in Washington. I'm not saying it's going to be elite and they're going to be Brady and Gronk. But I'm saying, now that I think about it, the risk is... It's still high. It's a very, very rich draft pick in the fourth round in redraft leagues because you got to look at the guys who you potentially are passing up on for Kyle Pitts. But I think I had him as my tight end for... But I think that's about right for him this year. I think the Falcons and Desmond Ritter are going to work out personally. That's why I had, had him high. I'm surprised you had him that high just because I know how you feel about Desmond Ritter in general and the Falcons. But I think that Kyle Pitts will be fine coming off the injury. His camp's going well. His recovery's going well. So I really, I don't, I think tight end three or four for me is about right. Yeah, I mean, I had him high, but it's really just because of his talent, which... Is what it is. I got this next guy over him, which probably a lot of people won't agree with. And that's Dallas Goddard. That's our next guy we're talking about. Anthony has him at six. I had him at three. Wow, really? Yeah, I'm pretty high on Dallas Goddard. I don't hate it, though. I don't think it's that old. Like, I don't think it's that far-fetched. Yeah, Dallas Goddard's season last year is kind of underrated because of the fact that he missed those five games in a row. Yeah. At the start of the season... I'll go game by game. He was tight end 13, 7, 9, 11, 5, 33 against Dallas. But who does good against Dallas? Um, 11, 1, and 12. That's, you know, eight very, very solid weeks on a very, very good offense. And then coming back from injury, he wasn't as good. You know, he was 
13 against Dallas, 27 and 12. Overall, he finished as the tight end 12, and he missed five games. Dallas Goddard, I think, is in line to eat pretty well. This is an offense that's going to score a lot of points, and when you have teams that score a lot of points, it directly translates into tight end scoring touchdowns, which is why I'm high on Dallas Goddard in comparison to a couple of these other guys. I'll explain to you. I love Goddard at three, but I'll let me explain to you why I don't have him there before we talk about it. The guy who I have at five has never finished below, I think, six before. I could be wrong, or I could be thinking of somebody else. And the guy who I have at three is definitely going to have a year. Uh, George Kittle finished 19 and 20. Okay, so I was thinking of somebody else, but... I, think, I mean, he's, he's always been very good. Yeah. Uh, he just... It's hard to trust. But in terms of Dallas Goddard, I had him at six. I think it's re- I think Dallas Goddard, I think he could be in for another big year, barring injury, obviously. But I look at it like this. You got Jalen Hurts, who's a top five quarterback in the league. You have his two best weapons, but they all ate last year. I feel like when Goddard was healthy and on the field, beside, despite those few games you said to, what, two, three games he had that weren't five, that weren't that good. Oh, oh, three games that weren't that good, and he missed five. Yeah, the three games that weren't that good. Okay, it's fine. It's gonna happen. Kels, every tight end has their bad games. Now Kelsey no, might be the outlier. Not even a tight end. Yeah, that might be the outlier, just because he does everything. But any other tight end is gonna have bad weeks. They're not gonna finish top three every single week. Now, if they did, it's great. I like Goddard at three a lot. I had him at six just because I have two guys above him that I think will probably finish better. But I, I don't hate that Goddard at six at all. Next up, we got Darren Waller. Anthony had him at three. I had him at seven. The reason I'm not too high on Darren Waller is because I think his situation got worse. And I'm not sure he still has that much in the tank. The reason being, his last two years haven't been the greatest. It's been injury problems, the last, like I said, the last two years. He's 31 years old. Once you get above that age, it's harder to recover from injuries. And he's going to a Giants team that is arguably worse than the Raiders team. I think I don't think this Giants team is going to score a lot of points. They're all hurt. Wondell Robinson, Sterling Shepard. Uh, I think Saquon is going to get a lot of touches because that's in his incentives. And Darren Waller is the biggest guy on the field. So that is going to be really big for him because everybody else is like 5'11", 6' foot in their receiving core. I just think the drop-off from the Raiders to the Giants is, is going to be surmountable because the Raiders, their car would throw the ball downfield a good bit. I just I can't trust this situation, and I can't trust a player who hasn't done anything the past two years. That's fair. I had Darren Waller three. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Yes, I understand the injury concerns are definitely a thing, and they're there, and I respect it. But I don't watch a lot of Giants football, obviously. You know that. and Most people don't. Let's just face it. Most people don't like to watch a lot of Giants football. But the times, I mean, there was a few. Now, granted, it's only a few games. But there was a few games last year. Daniel Bellinger popped off. He was a waiver guy a couple weeks for me. Daniel Jones was looking for a tight end last year. They didn't have one. Evan Ingram showed flashes as well. When Daniel Jones was targeting him. This is the best tight end that Daniel Jones will have in his career. 
They have Saquon back who signed the deal. Looking good for the offense. The receiver room, I don't know. But I think that with them trading for Darren Waller, bringing him into the offense with Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, who just got paid, who had a really good year, and they did address the receiver room some, I think it's going to help Darren Waller out. Like you said, he's the biggest guy in the field. Daniel Jones. The receiver room sucks. Can air the ball in his shows. And. It's going to have them have definitely having Saquon back. Is, I think that Saquon and Waller will help each other in a way. They take away from each other? I don't think so. I think that they'll help each other out. I think Darren Waller is going to eat this year. Daniel Jones looks for his tight ends. He likes to throw to a tight end when he has one. Bellinger was getting hot, and then he did something to his eye. He got poked in the eye and got fucked up for like six weeks or something. But I think them trading, in, trading for Darren Waller definitely is like, okay, we're addressing a major hole in this offense, and it will be helped. Darren Wall, I think he still has some in the tank. He's had an up-and-down career, obviously, at the start and with the injuries the past few years. I think he'll be fine. I think it'll work out. He just needed a change of scenery. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, I mean, we really don't know until we see him. Yeah, it's, yeah that's, that's Farris. Yeah. Next up, George. This is all just projection. Sorry. Yeah, Waller's one of the guys that, like, it's hard to even come up with a prediction because yeah. if he goes back to 2019 Raiders, then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. If you don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Next up, we got George Kittle. Anthony had him at five. I had him at six. I think, probably should have said this earlier, I think the tier of Pitts, Goddard, Waller, Kittle, Hawkinson is all like the same tier, I think. I'm very low on Hawkinson. In terms of I'm not drafting him, I have him – at where I have him, based off of career history, I'm, I can tell you I'm not drafting Waller or Pitts, <laughs> but I just Good. have him there because <laughs> Good, <laughs> I'll let him follow um, me. Anyways, next up is Kittle. I think he's in this tier with Goddard and him. Kittle is a guy who, when he's healthy, he seems to have very, very good fantasy seasons. The times that he's played more than ten games, three, four, two, three, and I mean a twenty his rookie year. Last season he was good. At the end of the season. I believe that's right around when Purdy came in. But, I mean, the thing with Kittle is it is feast or famine with the guy, it looks like. Because he, he he got hurt the first two weeks, and then he put up 4-3-5. And then you're like, damn, I, I mean, that sucks. And then he puts up 12-18-11. Solid. Beautiful. And then a 2. And then a 22. And then a 4, a 3, a 4. Like, those, those weeks will kill you, ultimately. And then at the end of the season, he ends with two 20 pieces and, you know, two other solid games. It's really just how... Kittle is, Kittle is like, the easiest predictable player. He's an amazing tight end with a lot of risk, with a lot of weak-winning upside, and a lot of weak downside. Yeah. That is what George Kittle is. If you... He's the most... Outlandish tight end, I think you could possibly come up with. I don't think there's a tight end that the variance is more than George Kittle. If you're okay with that, rock it. If you're not, don't draft him. I don't blame you. That's just my opinion. I mean, it yeah, is what it is. you kind of touched on it all with Kittle. It's tough because you don't know one what you're getting a quarterback. Is party uh, gonna? He's cleared. He's is practicing. He? No restrictions. Is he going to come back and be the same Brock Purdy we saw, or is the elbow injury going to fuck him up? That is. Because it was a pitcher's elbow injury, and some pitchers get fucked up permanently from that. Um, 
now or was that the fake news? I don't know if it was Tommy Copper, but they usually come back stronger. It just takes a while. Yeah. However, Purdy's like 23. Yeah. So it shouldn't take... But, I mean, yeah, you pretty much touched on it all. Who do we got next? Because if it's a guy I'm thinking, I'm going to take this one from you to start. Hawkinson. Yep, here we go. Perfect. I have Hawkinson at tight end seven. I think I got him at five. Yeah, can you five. pull up his – yeah, can you pull that up for me? Career. Career. Okay, so yes. The past – in TJ Hawkinson's career, he finished at tight end 31. Rookie season, don't do it. Four, 15 in 12 games, and last year he finished as tight end two. Which is ridiculous, because let me read you. Okay, so he was traded to the Detroit Lions, or he was traded from the Lions to the Vikings, what was it, week four? Uh, looks like eight, nine. Week eight or nine, okay. In between them. And then, so from weeks eight and nine, let's see, his fantasy football performance. You want me to just read the numbers? No, I got it. I'm, just, I'm looking for one thing I saw, but I can't find it. Okay. Fantasy points, okay. So, that's wrong. Okay, yeah, can I see this? Uh, this is half PPR. Okay. And there's the points. Okay, so, when his first week there, 11.5 points, 8, 5, 12, 5, 8, 6, 30, 9, and 2. The two he played at the game. Yes. The but it's the principle. Don't count. This is a tight end that is being touted very highly. I've seen some people have him as high as tight end too. Me personally, I'm not that high on him. They bought in Jordan Addison in the first round for a reason. They have Justin Jefferson, who is the best receiver in football. His target share was high toward the end of the season, week 16 and 17. But that was with K.J. Osborne as the second receiver. Now they have Jordan Addison, highly touted pick who it seems all of his off the field his off the field little stint was resolved. He's really fast. I don't see a lot of games where he's seeing 10, 9, 8, 16 and 12 targets. He saw 16 targets against the Giants as a season high, but it's cuz the Giants didn't have anybody to cover him and that was a high scoring game. I don't see it with TJ Hawkinson this year. I think it's very rich for where he's being projected. And yes, obviously the upside's there. He's in the Vikings offense. But then bringing in Jordan Addison, I don't see him having a tight end two year again this year. It's just not going to happen. He really only had top to bottom maybe three or four good weeks out of 17 last year. And the rest were just average middle of the pack tight end rankings, I feel like what I looked at. It, it, it's it's tough for him. I'm not I'm not on the Hawkinson train this year. I will not be drafting T.J. Hawkinson in any leagues. I say stay away from him. Yes, he was tight end two last year. I see a lot of guys have him as tight end number three, number four. I'm not buying into that. I don't think that's accurate. I'm projecting him to be around the seven to ten-ish range this year. If I redid my list. I would have Hawkinson at four over Pitts. I would have switched it to. I think Hawkinson is in a position where he did pretty good for Minnesota. I know there were some weeks with five points. However, he saw about six targets every single game. That's minimum. I mean, eight. It looks like he averaged probably about nine 
targets for Minnesota, I would say that's pretty good, especially if he catches, I don't know, five of them for 60 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's not bad if he keeps that up. And I think the, t- the touchdowns are going to come. He only called three for Minnesota. I think that's going to increase a full offseason with Minnesota and Kirk Cousins should increase things. I'm not too worried about Jordan Addison because I think TJ Hawkinson needs to have a little bit more success in the red zone, and there's not really anybody else besides Justin Jefferson to do that in Minnesota. And TJ Hawkinson has shown that he can do that. I'm probably tight end four on him. I don't know if I'll draft him because I don't. I think he's going a little bit too early for me right now. But I, I'm higher on him than Anthony. He, he's not on my no draft list, that's no. for sure. He's on my no draft list this year. That's fair. Uh, next his, up. Yeah, I mean, his ADP is like 44. It's fifth round. That's a little rich. Yeah. But if he fell to like the six, I'd consider it. Th- that's fair. I respect it. Uh, next up, Evan Ingram. Anthony had him at eight. I had him at nine. He's a baller. I'm, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I don't think we have to talk too much about no. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram is an absolute baller. This Jacksonville Jaguars team is... So back. They're going to be good. That's without a doubt. However, there's a lot of mouths to feed in Jacksonville. And Evan Ingram has had his whole entire career of not being the healthiest player. Last year he finished his tight end six. God, God knows how he did that. <laughs> Because he stayed healthy and he balled. <laughs> no. no, he didn't ball. He stayed healthy. Okay, okay. I found a tight end. <laughs> I saw a lot more. of. I looked over. <laughs> saw a lot of red. <laughs> okay, I found a tight end more streaker than George Kittle. Evan Ingram. Holy shit, he has a twenty-six, a fourteen, a thirty-four, a fifty. Is that this 49? Is tight end rankings? Tight ends rankings. Tight end rankings. So he's just horrible. And then he has eight twenty-nine four solid thirty-nine twenty-eight forty-nine ass 39? 49 best tight end. How that the we held. He was 50 this week. <laughs> He's streaky. If you if you want streaky, he is your guy. Sometimes yeah. streaky players are just always going to be streaky. I think Evan Ingram and George Kidd are one of them because they get hurt a lot. They get tweaked up a lot. But they are freak athletes. And all it takes is one play for them to take it to the house. And it's, you got a game-winning league-winning yeah. week. But yeah, I mean, I like you said, it's tough. There is a lot of mouths to feed. Christian Kirk had a career year last year. They got ETN. They got Baldwin Calvin Ridley. Zay Jones ate last year. I mean, it's just Evan Ingram's success last year, you can tell by just reading the numbers, relied on who else was eating that week. Like, I'm sure the weeks, I, I couldn't pull it up side by side, but I'm sure the weeks he didn't eat was a Christian Kirk week or a Zay Jones week because I know Zay Jones had some weeks last year. Yes, he did. Christian and I'm Kirk saying, and you add that streakiness, you add Calvin Ridley to that streakiness, it's definitely not helping his case. I mean, even it's as streaky. the offense, but it's not yeah, As streaky as he was finishing as, what did you say, tight end six? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's good, and that's why I have him at eight, because the upside is there. But I do think that having Calvin Ridley there is definitely going to take him down a step back. I had him as high as six at one point. Evan Ingram and George Kittle are one of those guys that you have to rank high because they're going to have those weeks. Yeah. However, you don't necessarily want them on your team. That's why I had TJ Hawkinson. It's a Tyler effect. Yes, exactly. 100%. Next up, this is a guy that I feel like you disrespect a little bit. Which one? Pat Frymouth. Anthony had him at 12. I am at 8. I think Mr. Pat Frymouth could even find his way around that that uh, 
that Kittle Waller range this year. I think he can take that next step. Up. I feel as though I have a very reasonable explanation for this one. Well, I'll go ahead and start. So you get mine's gonna be short and sweet. So I'll let you start. Last season, Hawkinson. I mean, he was pretty damn consistent. Finished as tight end eight, ten, twenty-one. Bad, sure. Seven, solid. Thirty-five, but he missed half the game. Yeah. And he was hurt the next game. Didn't play. That was a concussion game. I remember that. Tight end four, fifteen and seventeen. Not the best. 5, 20, 8, 6, 67. He missed half the game again. Uh, he was hurt. Next game, 11. Last two last two games, 29. That was a bad game. This wasn't a bad game. He barely played. Yeah. Finished as a tight end 8. I think overall he was pretty consistent, and I think that this offense could take a step forward. Pratt Frymouth was tight end 13, 2, tight end 8. If this offense takes a step forward, like I think they can, if Kenny Pickett takes somewhat of a step forward, the offensive lineup that they brought in takes a step forward, you know, George Pickens, Pat Fryer, or George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris take, you know, keep taking steps forward. I think this team could potentially score points. If they score points, this man is a red zone monster, and he will finish right around that five range if everything happens if everything falls into place if it doesn't fall into place he finishes around eight again and it's not that bad i look at it like this the steelers address the o-line yep. they showed last year they want to be able to run the ball and they couldn't so they threw the ball up they addressed the o-line i think both running backs are going to be heavily involved in this offense Jalen warren and Najee harris and i think Deontay's back this year Deontay Johnson had a terrible year last year. It was good. He just didn't catch touchdowns. Didn't catch a lot of touchdowns. I think he's back this year. I think, I mean, where do I have Deontay Johnson right now? I have him in my receiver 23 right now, but he, I haven't. I don't have them finalized yet. That's just kind of where I'm leaning towards. I mean, Deontay Johnson literally did not catch a single touchdown. I understand. But I'm saying I think that George Pickens, the running backs, and Deontay Johnson are going to be utilized a lot more in the offense this year. I think they're going to produce a lot more. It's Kenny Pickett's second year. They helped out the O-line, and it is, again, his sophomore year. I really think that the offense, in terms of everything, is going to be back next year. I think it's going to be a very productive offense, the defense. I think the Steelers are a sneaky team next year, but... I just I don't I think that Pat Frymuth takes the brunt of the lack of target share in this offense, just with due to the fact that I think that the run game is going to be utilized a lot and have they're going to have more success running the ball, and I think that the receivers are going to be a lot more involved than they were last year. Fair enough. Uh, next up, Chigo Kwanku of the Tennessee Titans. This is a guy who I think that we can get caught up in the fact of this dude is super talented, he is super athletic, and he could, if he was on the Chiefs and Kelsey wasn't there, this dude could be an absolute monster. However, he is a Tennessee Titan. In theory, he should be getting a shit ton of catches because yeah. there's only one other guy there to catch passes, DeAndre Hopkins. Chig is definitely a sleeper. He is a guy who could be in, you know, could be around that five range if he is what, you know, we think he could be. I think Chig is more of a dynasty type of player because of how talented he is and the situation not being the best. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking Chig. I would just, 
I have a backup plan because there is a – he's probably 50-50 if he works out or not. I don't know if there's a better way to explain Shaker Kwanku. Yeah, again, it is definitely more of a dynasty play. And this is, I mean, this is, again, just based on projection. I mean, I feel like we've seen tight ends have success in Tennessee before. I mean, what, didn't Ryan Tannehill got Jono Smith the third highest tight end contract in the league a couple years ago. Chig is a lot more athletic. And he's younger. And it's the simply due to the fact that even if Tannehill... Say Tannehill sucks. Okay, fine. Tannehill's still going to throw the ball to his tight ends. He always has. Even when they were bad. I don't even know who their start... Austin Hooper, wasn't he their starting tight end last year? I don't even know. I didn't watch any Titans football last year because they were terrible. And you got two... You got Will Levis who will probably come in if Tannehill sucks, which he does. And again, I live and die on the hill that rookie quarterbacks will lean on their tight ends and their running backs to have success in the passing game. And Derrick Henry's not a pass catching back. So you got Chig, second year tight end, who's got the potential to be a stud. And if I'm Will Levis, I'm throwing in the ball. Again, this is strictly projection based. You could call it a shitty argument, whatever you want. I don't care. I look at it like that. I think around 10 is good. He has top, just with the way the tight end tiers are, he's got top five upside. But again, this is strictly a projection. I love this play for Dynasty. This is a great Dynasty play. They do have Will Levis back there. They have Malik Willis as well, who I didn't really talk about, but just because Will Levis was a higher pick and they have more capital in him in the storyline, whatever. But I think Chick could have a good year this year. As much as I hate Ryan Tannehill and the Titans, I'll give them their flowers. I think that Chig could have a lot of success in this offense with how they utilize the run game, how they love to do the rollout play actions, hit the tight end in the flat, hit him downfield. And again, they made Jonu Smith a top three highest paid tight end a few years ago. They can do the same thing with Chick. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Uh, next up, this guy was... Okay, it's a tie between these next two guys. It is David Njoku and Greg Dolchich. Mm. I am higher on Njoku, so I will touch on him first. I have Njoku at tight end 10. Anthony had him at tight end 13. Yeah, so David Njoku, I'm not going to lie, I'm a believer in the Browns. I think that they have a pretty big bounce back year this year. David Njoku is a guy similar to Chig, similar to Dolchich, in that he is super athletic. Yeah. It doesn't take much to get a very good fantasy week out of this guy. However, he also has those games where he's like, damn, why do I start you? Last year, you know, tight end 43, tight end 22, ass. Then he was tight end 2, absolute stud. Six Tight end 16 with 7 points, ain't bad. Tight end 6, solid. 16 with 7 points again, ain't, you know, I've had worse. Tight end 5, solid. Um... Tight end 28, ass. Eight, great. Three, great. Ass, ass, ass. And then another great week. Yeah. A lot of these guys are the same. It's really just what you want to invest in. Yeah. I think I'm going to choose to invest in, in my opinion, probably the best team out of the three and David Njoku, who got Watson and is going to score a lot of touchdowns, I think. I hope. It's fair. I'm on the contrary. I think that... David Njoku is probably the fourth option in the passing game on this team. 
just based off how I think the Browns are going to go. I think Nick Chubb is going to see a lot of catches this year because they don't have Kareem Hunt there. As of right now, Kareem Hunt's not there. David Njoku is a more priority option than Nick Chubb. I think that Amari Cooper is going to eat again this year, and I think Elijah Moore is going to pop off this year. I do. Uh, Not in the red zone, but yeah. Um, In terms of just offensive reduction, I think that Njoku falls down a little bit. I mean, I don't hate him. Again, like you said, you said all the good things. I'm just saying the contrary why I had him a little lower. Yeah, I we have to look at red zone type stuff when we're looking yeah, at tight ends because that's, that's what they are known for. Yeah. So, but I mean, I see your vision. There, there's a lot of mouths to feed in. Yeah. But Greg Dolchich for me though, I had Greg Dolchich as my tight end nine. He's fourteen for me. He's drawn a lot of hype this year. I will start out by saying one, he did miss five games last year. I understand that he had a hamstring injury. He was extremely productive. I think he had around 400-some yards, two touchdowns, and 30-some catches. He got a shit ton of targets, so he averaged five and a half targets a game, and he had eight or more targets in four of his ten games. So he was very productive in terms of he had a very high target share for a rookie tight end who missed five games. And Sean Payton did say that Greg Dolchich will be playing a lot in his famously known joker position which similar players under Sean Payton that have played that position is Reggie Bush, Darren Sproles, and more recently Alvin Kamara. This guy have all played in the joker position, use him in multiple different ways out in the slot, split them out wide. Now granted the other guys are running backs, but <laughs> it ain't gonna work. <laughs> I think that Sean Payton will find a role this for Greg Dolchich. He's extremely athletic. He is the sixth easiest schedule out of tight ends all this year. And if there's one thing Sean Payton does, it is take a player and utilize the hell out of him. And I think it's Greg Dolchich. He was a top pick. I know Sean Payton didn't draft him. But the target share that he had last year and the production alone, I think warrants him a top 10 spot. Next up, Cole Komet, Anthony Adam at 11, I had him at 15. He was one of my sleepers last year. Yeah, I mean, I kind of liked him last year, too. I'm not loving him that much this year. Now they got DJ Moore now. <laughs> I don't know if DJ Who's Moore's so back, by the way. <laughs> he is, oh my God. Cole Komet had a couple good weeks last year. Then he had a lot of bad weeks. Yeah. It's the it's the tight end world that we live in, the young tight end world that we live in. He still finished as a tight end seven, but damn, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have felt good to own him. Nope, it was not. Holy it was shit. not. It wasn't. It His first four weeks were terrible. Weeks. His first four weeks were really bad. His first, I'd argue seven. I get it, but I think he had 50 yards combined the first four weeks. He had zero yards the first two weeks. It, my point exactly. <laughs> yep. It was a rough start for Cole Komet. Yeah. I have him at 11. I think that... I mean, I feel like 11's about right for him. He was a little higher last year. Tight end 8 in PPR. But, I mean, this is Justin Fields. This is, this is what, his third year? Yeah, he was yeah, 2021. Yeah, so Trevor. Third year, right? Yeah, the year. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is Justin Fields' third year. They bought in some offensive line help. They bought in DJ Moore to be his receiver one. Justin Fields is always through to his tight ends. He did it in college. He looked for Cole Komet a lot last year. Now, the production was very streaky, and it was not very productive. He did lead the team in targets with 69 last year. Nice. 
And the Bears were so bad last year. Cole Komet led the team in targets, catches, receiving yards, and touchdowns. And the high, he had 540 receiving yards and led the team. But this is different now. The O-line wasn't there. They didn't have a true receiver one. They had Mooney and Claypool there. They got DJ Moore, who's a top 20 guy for me. I thought I had him higher for some reason. I got to redo my receiver rankings. They're really bad. Um, but I think that he's going to have production. I think Justin Fields is going to take a step up in the passing game this year. That was been That's been his biggest criticism so far. Everyone knows he can run the ball. He can do it on his legs. Now it's just a fact of can he do it in the air. And I think that's going to be a really big point in what the Bears try and do this season. They showed that by bringing in DJ Moore, by helping out the O-line, just to give Justin Fields some time and some protection in there. So I think Cole Komet's in for another pretty good year. Uh, next up, this guy I'm probably going to die on this hill and get absolutely destroyed on it Dalton Kincaid of the Buffalo Bills I totally I saw you had him on the list I totally forgot about him and I think where you have him ranked is about right Dalton Kincaid I'm going to be drafting him in a lot of places I am going to hype this man up probably the whole summer and it's either going to work or absolutely not rookie tight ends their rate is absolutely horrible and all the numbers are against me However, when you look at the situation, the Buffalo Bills traded up for this guy, and the team didn't do that good last year. They had Stefan Diggs, who's an absolute baller. However, Gabe Davis, guy sucked. Dawson Knox is only a red zone target. Dalton Kincaid can be used literally everywhere. He is similar to Greg Dolchich in his athletic you know, superpowers or whatever. I totally forgot about him. But he's not yeah. a traditional rookie because he's like 24 years old, I believe. Yeah, he's a little bit older. Yeah, 23.8, 24 years old. Coming out of Utah. Listen, this is a guy, if you could draft him as your tight end too, absolutely do that. Yes. If you end up getting, uh, like if you want to pair up Chig and Kincaid and just hope that one of them works, I think one of them will. These guys... When you attach a tight end who is really good to a quarterback who's really good to a team that's going to score a lot of points, in theory, that touch that tight end is going to score a lot of points. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, Kelsey, Kelsey did it. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, I know this guy named Rob Gronkowski, but you attach a good tight end to a good quarterback. You build up that relationship. They score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Dawson Knox is not that good at football. He scored a lot of points. Yeah. They traded up for this guy. Mm-hmm. They did it for a reason. I'm going to overpay for him on my dynasty team. <laughs> Hopefully, this guy next to me don't draft him in front of me. <laughs> but all is I, fair I love in love and war, right? Yeah. All is fair in love and war. I hope I don't pick near you. <laughs> um, my next guy or the next guy. It's Tyler Higby. So. Oh, you no. yeah, you take him. I didn't even have him on the list. I think the Rams are going to suck this year. The Rams are going to suck this year. However. No. Yes. No, you're not selling me on this. I am. Sell me. Tell me why I should be looking to acquire Tyler Higbee in fantasy football this year. Okay, let me pull the numbers first. Who's on the worst team in football? That's fine. (laughs) I see a lot of red. You see a lot of green, too. It's feast or famine with this guy. (laughs) And last year, I mean, the, the team was in shambles. However, this year, Matt Stafford has two guys that he needs to throw this ball to. Cooper Cup. Tyler Higby, if we're talking about targets, this man is going to get them. He is going to have a shit ton of targets coming to him every single week. 
probably at least six or seven, maybe even eight. I mean, the first like five weeks, 11, 9, 4, 14, 10 targets, he was an absolute bowler. But the weeks I had him, he sucked. Yeah, you probably had him. The weeks, red, I had him the red six, weeks. Eight, nine. I had him. I really think I had him 12, 12 13, 13 5. I really do. Like, listen, we're, we're at tight end 13, 14. These guys are in the same tier. These guys are probably not going to start. They're going to be waiver wire guys. And the hit rate is very, very low. Yeah. Tyler Higby is probably just going to be a consistent waiver wire guy that gets a lot of targets, that gets about 60 yards. Maybe a touchdown. I just think that Matt Stafford has to throw the ball to somebody. And Sweet. there's only two guys to throw the ball to. And it's it's either Higby or Cooper Cup. The only other receiver I know on that team is Puka Nakua or some shit. Van Jefferson? <laughs> I'd rather have Puka. You don't know the ball. Um, Van Jefferson sucks. Number 14. My tight end 14 was Jawan Johnson of the New Orleans Saints. I didn't have him ranked, but I don't. Jawan Johnson last year had 500 yards, seven touchdowns. Guy caught a lot of touchdowns, but he did that with Taysom Hill, Andy Dalton, and Jameis. Jameis throws touchdowns. He's getting Derek Carr this year, who turned Darren Waller into a Pro Bowl, All Pro, Top Five tight end. Jawan Johnson and Darren Waller they have similar builds. Very similar play styles, and I think that Derek Carr is going to need somebody over more than just Chris Olave to throw the ball to. Whoa. Yes, Slant Boy's there, but Michael Thomas hasn't played a game of football in about two years, I think. Might be a little over-exaggeration. I don't know if he played at all last year, very minimally if he so. did. But Michael Thomas hasn't played in two years. We don't know how he's going to come back. Someone's got to take the targets, take the red zone Get the red zone targets and take the targets in general. And Derek Carr loves his tight end. So I think Jawan Johnson, he's a sleeper for me this year. I like him a lot. I will be targeting him in a lot of my leagues this year as my tight end too. Next up, Dalton Schultz. I didn't have him ranked Anthony Henry 15. Dalton Schultz is a guy who's he's on really rookie quarterback, so in theory he should do good. He has been doing good in Dallas. However, he had uh, passed friendly 30 point score in Dallas Cowboys and now he is not having that luxury at all he's got CJ Stroud who could be good it's also his rookie year so we need to lower expectations and he, he could just not score any touchdowns at all and it wouldn't surprise me so that's where I'm at I'll keep it short and sweet where do rookie quarterbacks lean toward the most in the past running backs and tight ends thank you my point proven Dalton Schultz another sleeper this year yeah. All these guys, probably from like the 11, to shit, even this number, is just flyers and who you believe in. Me uh, personally, I'd bet on Najoku, Kincaid, Pat Fryermuth, if we're counting him, I think he's above this tier. That's fair. But it would be Pat Fryermuth, Kincaid, and Najoku. For me, it's Jawan Johnson, Dalton Schultz. Greg Dolchich, they're my three sleeper tight ends this year. You don't got to worry about me. <laughs> Kincaid's the, I, I mean, I didn't say him just because that's your boy and you just praised him for a minute, but obviously Kincaid as well. Damn it. But yeah, I think that's going to wrap this one up. A little bit crunch for time here. Thank you guys for watching, listening again. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our running back and wide receiver rankings. If you guys are listening to this audio version, be sure to leave a five-star rating. Follow us on Spotify. And we'll see you guys later this week. See you. Peace.